Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Thought I was home alone, but there was someone in my bathroom. It was a time between the afternoon and the evening where in the winter, the sun set earlier than usual. At the time, I was probably around ten years old, so I was a little girl. I had been accustomed to being alone by myself, even since I was younger and my parents had work. By this time, I knew the rules of making sure the doors are all locked, never to talk to strangers, how to cook basic food items, and blah blah blah. So I thought, I was pretty much set because I've done being home alone, basically forever however, that really wasn't the case. I'm usually on my computer a lot, and it's smack dab in the middle of the first floor, so I can primarily see everything. And to add on, it was in front of the staircase that lead up to the second floor. And directly on top of the staircase is a bathroom. Directly behind me where I sat are these two large windows. Mistakenly, I had left the curtains open, and of course, outside it was dark, and of course, my back was facing the windows, so if anyone wanted to look in, they could pretty much stalk me, 
and I wouldn't know. But yeah, in the position of the space I was in, I could see a lot of exits and doors around me, so I could hear a lot, and I could see a lot. This night wasn't any different. I was on my computer. Now I've always had an interest in weird, morbid, paranormal, or creepy stories that I've read online, and I've had my fair taste of experiencing such things. Even now, I love reading stories like that. I mean, part of me is like the more you read shit like that, the more open you are to experiencing that and letting things in like that. And then there's just the part of me that's like there's an US, but there's a them. Whatever happens to some random person online or them won't happen to US because that seems too out there or too disconnected to us. And that last part was BS, I tell you this, it was. So I'm on my computer. The only available light in the entire house is this lamp that's to the right of me, and the light of my computer. I'm listening to music, chilling out, doing my thing. But over the music, I hear a noise. My eyes immediately dart to the top of the staircase. I sit still for a moment. I pause the music, and I wonder what the heck was that. I look to the hallways and rooms on the first floor where the dim light of the lamp barely touches. Sitting in the silence waiting to check if it was nothing or if it was something was really weird. I mean, this blanket of paranoia just went over me. Then I looked at the top of the staircase again, where the bathroom was. Was the bathroom door closed or open? I had thought it was open at first, but it was closed. Suddenly, I just knew. My mind had picked up on an image of some dark figure walking into the bathroom from a room I couldn't see and closing it. That's what my peripheral vision had seen, and that's what my ears had heard. I had just brushed it off, because I see paranormal figures sometimes, and I thought it was nothing. But this time, the noise the moment it happened, had been clear. I knew. So I stood still for a few moments. Then I decided to check out the noise of the bathroom. I got up from the desk, and slowly began to creep up the stairs, holding on the wooden railing. Yeah, if I was in a horror movie, I was probably the stupid character, and that would be how I die because you never check out the creepy thing because that's how you die. But I decided to anyways. I was ten. As I'm creeping up the stairs, this feelings of dread and terror just shoot me. I'm sure at the time, my instincts were telling me to get out of there. To not be there. But I digress. I ignore my feelings, and I'm on the last step. My hands are clinging to the railing. And guess what I said out loud. I asked to whatever it was. Who's there? My eyes are glued to the closed door of the bathroom. I know it was probably how I died, to be honest. I shouldn't have been on the stairs on the first place. I think at the time, I was more willing to chalk it up to paranormal things instead of RL creepy things. So I didn't really think about it. I was more curious than scared. As the question dangles in the air, Who's there? I hear the doorknob move. And as the door opens, this shot of even more terror and paranoia pump through me. My eyes just go wild. That was probably the most I've been scared. And what came out of the bathroom was... My dad. Yeah, my dad. Apparently, he had been home the entire time. He had literally slept the entire day. And when he woke up, he was dressed in this black bathrobe. So that explained why he looked like a dark, scary figure. And he literally had used the bathroom in the dark so the lights of the bathroom were of course off. So that was why I hadn't noticed that rationally, it wasn't a ghost. I literally yelled, You gave me a heart attack. Bottom line, while I may have died, I learned to not do what I did, and that I'm sorta of brave. 
And you should listen to the clues that your mind picks up on, because it will alert you to things that seem way too off. Really, while that story had a happy or safe ending, I've had other way more actual dangerous, creepy things happen to me, but that's another tale for another time. I recalled this story after my speech class had an assignment where we basically told our random stories to each other. I previously had thought nothing noteworthy has happened to me, but this story of my youth came back to me. I hope you guys like this happy, creepy story. Creepy Van, please leave me alone. Creepy Van. Hello. I'm an 18-year-old female who is still in high school and live two-ish blocks from said school. Whether or not those are really important pieces of information, I am not sure, and rather be safe than sorry. I also feel the need to mention that I do have a mental health history, which leads a lot of people to invalidate this ongoing story when I tell them. The story begins around the beginning of the school year September, and where I started getting a weird feeling walking home from school. I do not drive by the way I have noticed a couple days before that there was an old van parked at the church about a block the opposite direction from my house. It was a white van with an orange ladder on top and some discoloration on the side panel. Regardless, it's a small town and I just assumed someone moved in and happened to have a van that I haven't seen before. I started to notice that when I would come home that the van would drive past almost every day but very very slowly. I discredited this because I am not going to be paranoid over little things and didn't want to let this get to me. But it wasn't a weird of an experience for me to analyze the person driving. And if I did see a face it apparently was not a memorable one. I usually walk with earbuds and which makes me even less observant. Bad habit in my end. Then I went to school and told my friend about noticing the van seemingly playing special attention to me. And they told me when they used to walk to school that they noticed a very similar thing. Except they would sit outside their house at night once their stepdad would come home each night. Never seemed to happen when someone left their house. We pass it off as nothing more than a strange coincidence and kind of moved on with our day. Flash forward November and I am noticing this parked outside of my house like my friend mentioned almost as if my neighbors owned it and parked it on the road rather than their driveway. But it only seemed to be there at night. It was there two times a week I would guess, and there was never a way for them to know if everyone was home since my parents park in the shop, and it was very unlikely that my neighbors would have a run-down vehicle like that and to park in the road rather than their large driveways so that was a little off in my mind. Once again I brushed it off. Probably just a nighttime repairman doing plumbing or some other tedious task that would take multiple days to finish. I am someone who spends a lot of time with my boyfriend, but I never once really mentioned it to him because I didn't want to sound crazy, but it was becoming a frequent thing. After I get home from school he would usually come over and then leave around 10 almost every night. And I've noticed at that time that when my boyfriend would leave a few minutes later that van would be parked across the road. Once again a little odd but not a giant red flag, maybe is doing work on housing since there was a ladder on it still I don't know. Enter this week. I started a new job 15 miles out of town at a casino. I haven't thought much of the van I've noticed it or what might have been a very similar one at my boyfriend's apartment complex always seemed to be there when we left but not when we arrived. Almost as if it was following me but there are a lot of old vans. It wasn't until I started my new job I began to put the pieces together. 
I work till late at night so I can get a few hours of sleep before I go to school in the morning. And as I said before, I don't drive so my dad or my boyfriend will pick me up after my shift. My dad drives a van because he's a business owner and needs it to carry his equipment. But it's one of the newer kind of a dumb looking ones for lack of a better way to describe it. And I only say that because it's not one that I ever mistake with the creepy ones we think of when we think of creepy vans. Regardless, I got off my shift and walked my butt to my dad's van, and when I looked behind it before I got in I realized that the same van was parked right behind us. Same damaged paneling, same stocky figure, the same orange ladder. Because of the way they parked I could not see their face, nor did I want the driver just think I'm a crazy person if it wasn't the same van I kind of peeked. But the lighting was behind them, and I could not get a face. I could see an outline, and it matched the outline I've seen nights before in the van, then again, there are a lot of stocky men in vans. As assumed, I was tired. And I didn't want to risk looking like a crazy person. So I got in the car and I drove home and I went to bed. I was so tired that I didn't shut my curtains. I just plopped down and went to bed. I leave my curtains open so my dog can have sunlight when I am gone. I woke up later and it was still dark, I crawled my way into the bathroom, and when I came back in my room my eyes were finally adjusted. The van was outside. Same cracked out paneling. The same stocky figure. In the same stupid back lighting to where I couldn't see their face. But without a doubt their head was faced and looking through my window. I am not sure the motive of this person, and I'm not sure if it's a perverse thing or just a coincidence. But I have told my boyfriend, and he believes me. But there is not enough evidence for me to be bothered by this person in my parents' eyes. When I told my sister she told me I was being crazy. And when I told my friend they told me people said the exact same thing. My hope is that when I drive you will leave me alone and can be another girl's problem like what happened to my friend. But in the odd chance that I move and you follow me. Or I drive and you stay interested. I will begin documenting it. To my best ability. I'm sorry the story doesn't have a definite ending. And if anything does happen, I will keep those who care updated in the comments below. Chances are it was nothing. He wants a good scare, or he gets satisfaction from following girls around. I will continue to close my curtains, lock my doors, and try to work on seeing a face if the time arises. So, I ordered in stack art last night contactless and the shopper had some concerning behavior towards me. When he arrived at my place, he proceeds to drop off my food outside my door, and then he hangs around outside my door for 15-20 minutes. I could hear him pacing back and forth. He tried to make conversation with me through the door. I was home alone and very worried. After that, he jerks my wreath off the door, so loudly that it sounded as though he was breaking in. After he pulled the wreath off the hook, he tried to pull the hook off my door. I screamed, and he still tried to have a conversation with me through the door. I don't know what to think. In my early 20s, I landed a receptionist job in a sales office at a manufactured housing community. It was my first office job after working in daycare and the food and drink industry. I was so excited. I greeted potential buyers, set up appointments, and staged the spec homes with our stock of furniture and decorations. I worked with one other person in the office who was the salesman. 
When he was out of the office, I took potential buyers through our spec homes and gathered their information for follow-up. I was working alone one day when a customer came into the office looking to potentially purchase his first home. I gathered some information from the young man and asked if he would like to look at some spec homes. As we walked down the sidewalk toward the row of spec homes, we chatted about the various floor plans and finishes available. I knew the product information and had no trouble confidently answering his questions. He was friendly and reminded me of a classmate from high school that had played a fence on the football team. I decided to show him the two home models that best fit his price range and desired floor plan. Since I shared most of the technical information during the first home tour, I gave him some space to freely look around the second home. He walked through the main living area and stopped in the doorway to one of the back bedrooms. He called out, Hey, what is this back here? and pointed to the corner of the room that I couldn't see from where I was standing. I knew these floor plans by heart, so I politely answered that it was a closet in my mind. I was sarcastically thinking, Really? You don't know what a closet is? He chuckled and asked again, No, really. Come here. What is this back here? I could tell by his tone that he was pressuring me come see for myself. He motioned for me to come closer and take a look. His tone was friendly, but his request didn't make sense. So I paused. And in that split second, something shifted. Maybe it was the energy in the air, the hairs on my neck standing straight up, or the way his eyes changed before me. I suddenly sensed the power dynamic had shifted. I did not feel safe. With all the lightheartedness I could muster, I repeated, Oh, it's a closet. Excuse me for a moment, I need to check on something outside. I quickly made my exit back to the sidewalk outside the house. I had no concrete reason for why I felt the overwhelming need to leave the house immediately. I didn't understand why my body sensed danger. I just knew I needed to act quickly. Over the next few days, the young man came back to the office to meet with the salesman. He filled out all the various paperwork needed to purchase a home and live within the community. He dropped by several more times unannounced to check on his application status. If I wasn't there, he would ask the salesman when I worked next. My co-worker thought I had a not-so-secret admirer. I couldn't shake the overwhelming feeling something wasn't right, so on the nights I worked alone I locked the office door. A few days later, corporate sent back their analysis of the young man's application and completed background check. He had been denied. The background check revealed multiple sexual assault convictions. And there it was. Crystal clear, undeniable 2020 hindsight. The salesman called the customer right away to let him know his application had been denied and that we could not do anything further for him. A few days, the young man decided to come back to the office one more time. When my co-worker saw the young man's vehicle turn into our parking lot, he told me to go to the back room of the office where I would be out of sight. And just like the times before, the young man entered the office asking if I was working. This time he was met by a very angry six-foot salesman that had nothing to lose. I had never heard my co-worker raise his voice before, but on that day his voice shook the office walls. Needless to say, the young man never came by again, and I wasn't scheduled to work alone nearly as often. Not at home, but my granddad died when I was young in the 80s. 
He was old school poor, shat on for decades by the UK's failed system at the time, and fiercely a left-wing labor voter. I've grown up in privilege, with a generally booming economy and astonishing technological progress, and have never really been political. But times are changing fast, and so I recently got off my arse and attended an anti-political corruption protest. It felt really good, and I wish I could have stayed longer. Leaving, and a good distance away, I looked back, and there was an out-of-place old man I'd not noticed, standing at the back of the crowd dressed in clothes that didn't fit in and just weren't modern enough. He was just looking at me and smiling. The first time my parents left me alone to go out, I was about 11-12. We lived in a duplex, and the neighbor was with my parents. Usually she was home. Watching Beetlejuice and I hear a knock on the front living room window, which scares me into running upstairs. About 10 p.m. I can hear someone outside as I call my parents' friend's house, hysterically crying that someone's breaking in. My mom thinks I am being a drama queen. When we hear a boom, someone just hit the back sliding glass door. Mom's on her way. No one was there, but we did call police. Of course, they all thought I was just a scared kid but my mom was not so sure. She worked for probation and parole and was concerned someone had followed her home. To this day, we have no idea if that is true or not. But that night a woman was kidnapped and murdered two streets over. She was jogging my mother had to write up what was called his chronos, which is his autobiography, basically. He admitted that he used to drive up and down XYZBLVD looking at the little girls. We lived on XYZBLD. Was it him? We will never know, but I know I did not imagine that. Alone with my wife in a modern cabin in the middle of the woods on a gorgeous and lazy summer afternoon. The piece was shattered by an unseen commotion and crash that shook the building for a few seconds. The best way I can describe it is as if the house was a bell that had been rung with us inside. The peakful sounds of a summertime forest returned as if nothing had happened. My brain immediately thought a tree fell on the house. Went out to investigate and found no signs of anything striking the house. No damage to the siding, roof, windows, etc. In any capacity, surveyed the nearby tree line and could not spot any felled trees that hadn't been there before so we checked inside and again found everything intact, and as it should be. I spent hours looking for anything to explain WTF just happened. The nearest neighbor was miles away and earthquakes are extremely rare where we were, and I looked up to confirm there was no seismic activity that day because this bothers me so much. To this day I have no idea what force was exerted on that building to make it shake and reverberate the way we experienced it. Nor have I been able to identify the crashing sound we heard before the house trembled. I tore that property apart and found no explanation. What bothers me most is how isolated the experience was to my wife and I. Our dogs made no reaction and nothing appeared to spook the wildlife, like whatever happened targeted us specifically. I was sleeping at my boyfriend's now fiancé. Sometime in the night, I had an indescribable amount of dread fill me. It was so intense that I felt my body was filled with intense fear, like the deepest pit of existential dread. At one point, I look over to the corner of the room near the sliding glass door, 
and I see an incredibly tall man with a top hat. Not as much black, but a void. His presence was so oppressive and malignant that it felt like the room was being absorbed into him. I heard faintly in the background some sharp, repetitive noise. I kept staring at him, feeling completely absorbed in my fear and the feeling of sinking away. My boyfriend shook me, totally wigged out. I was looking in the corner of the room and our dog was the noise in the background that I heard, barking into the corner where the man stood. We don't talk about it often. I was in college. The dorm I lived in was an all-male dorm, but was originally a female-only dorm. I came home from work late around midnight, and when I returned my roommate was already asleep and snoring. My roommate had a very deep voice when he spoke. I was checking my email before bed with my back to our bunk beds, and I heard a distinctly female voice whisper in my ear, What are you doing in my room? I immediately turned around and looked at my roommate who was still asleep snoring. I composed myself and assumed it was my roommate despite having a higher pitch than his voice. I shut down my computer, hopped onto the top bunk, and tried to fall asleep with my back facing the center of the room. A few minutes later I heard the same voice whisper louder, What are you doing in my room? From what sounded like behind me. At this point I jumped out of bed, looked at my roommate who was still asleep. I ended up leaving my room and falling asleep in the well-lit common room. It was a very stressful last couple of months in that room. My dog died in 2009 and I still miss him a lot. He is buried in my garden and when I am outside I visit his grave and talk to him like he could still hear me. I was sitting in the kitchen around 2 12 or so waiting for my lasagna to finish cooking in the oven and I heard my dog's claws clacking on the marble floor in the hallway and it gave me the hope that he returned. Sometimes I sense his distinctive smell that he had when we came home after a walk in the rain. I really liked that wet dog smell for some reason. R.I.P. Robin, you were the best dog I ever knew. Not me, but a good friend had this happen about five years ago. She was in her kitchen. Next thing she knew, she woke up on the kitchen floor with two broken legs and having lost three hours of time. At the hospital, the doctor told her the x-rays of her legs showed injuries or breaks consistent with a fall or jump from a high height, think a multi-story fall. All of the doors and windows of her house were closed and locked, and there was no evidence that she had jumped off of or out of anything. It remains a mystery to this day. We joke that she was abducted by aliens, hence the fugue state, and then abruptly returned home with too much force. never answering my door again. This incident happened a few weeks ago, and it scared the life out of me, teaching me something new about my home. I was off work and inside for the day when I heard several knocks and the persistent ringing of the doorbell. Although I wasn't expecting anyone and I live in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky with only one neighbor nearby, I eventually answered. A man in his mid-thirties, who seemed to have Down syndrome, had parked at the very edge of the driveway on the road, which alarmed me. He began asking me questions about knowing anyone who used to live here. I kept my responses short and said no repeatedly. He inquired if I was in high school my age and whether I was home alone. Luckily, with my fiancé having two cars, 
It appeared as if I was not alone, and I informed him of that. He seemed scared off and quickly ran to his car, speeding away. Afterwards, I went over to my neighbors and inquired about the previous owners and the man. They told me that there was an elderly couple with a son with a disability, and the couple had hung themselves in the house. Now, with this revelation, I am doubly mind-blown and too scared to ever answer my front door again. When I was 16, my parents went on a trip to Mexico, leaving just me and my four sisters at home. I was awakened by my older sister because the alarm was going off, and she was crying on the phone to her long-distance boyfriend. I think he might have been breaking up with her, or perhaps they were having a disagreement. I quickly checked that the door was locked and made sure everything was fine. I was a bit confused about what had woken me up but I was pretty certain it was my sister crying in the corner of the room. I talked my sister down and eventually chalked it up to the wind pushing the door and making the very sensitive sensor go off. After about an hour of falling back asleep, she woke me up again, hysterically bawling her eyes out, and the alarm went off again. I told her to shut it off, which she did, and just as that happened, I heard the front glass door close. By the way, we had two doors, one in the front and one in the back, both with glass panes. You could usually hear when they shut very distinctively. I was really scared, so I waited a moment and quickly ran to the kitchen. I sat upright in my bed and took a few seconds to listen if I could hear anyone walking into the house. After those two seconds, my instincts kicked in. I quickly ran to the kitchen, grabbed the biggest knife I could find, and scoped out the house. My sister followed me while talking on the phone with her boyfriend, still seemingly unaware of how serious the situation had become. I went downstairs to look through the basement windows to see if I could see anything or anyone from that angle outside. I then opened my twin curtains and saw shoes directly in front of our large dining room window. It was a man facing our house. I could only assume he was looking for someone or trying to find a way in but what I thought was the glass plane door opening was clearly not. Perhaps he was trying it, and he just couldn't get in. I totally freaked out, called 911 immediately, and ran upstairs to see if I could actually see who it was. I saw a man running into a car parked in my neighbor's driveway. I had never seen him before, and I knew for certain he wasn't actually living there. He slowly drove away but rolled his window down completely and just stared at me while driving away. The police eventually came a few minutes later after that and told me I was crazy and didn't see anything. Next time, they told me to shut the alarm off, lock all the doors, and stay calm. They also warned us not to waste their time. We never had an incident quite like this again, but it was very spooky. I told my parents about this, and yet again, they didn't believe me. However, in the end, I know what I saw that night, and I will never forget that for the rest of my life.